0: wanted to remind you that I have got a three-step guide to start changing your life and making really sustainable changes, essentially, on getting your life more aligned with your dreams, with your vision, with your goal. And it can be really confusing and it can be um, very daunting to go without a guide. So I created a three-step guide for you to Ignore the little gremlins in your brain so that you can really stay true and stay committed to realizing your dreams because you are worthy of them. So if you go to my website, livemyhappyhealth.com, you are going to find that three-step guide and I cannot wait to hear how it goes for you. So let's dig in to today. Hello, Root of Power! <laughs> I feel like I need a better intro. I don't know if that's just me thinking or if it's legit. Um, but I want a different intro, perhaps, is the, the word that I'm looking for. So anyway, what's up, people? Hello! I hope you are well. I've got things moving, apparently. Um, what's been going on with me? Let's see. Maybe you don't care, but, you know, you can feel free to skip this part, I guess, if you don't care. Um, David Open, that's the boyfriend, he opened a bottle shop, coffee shop, dog park business in September, and hopefully by the time this comes out, it is thriving, and we've got alcohol, so we're waiting on that right now. Um, So it's very different. I've never opened, like, a retail business, which is heckin' nuts, guys. Like, oh my God, (laughs) it's freaking nuts but it's been really fun actually. Um, you know, getting out of my comfort zone and, and doing It's just crazy the amount of stuff that like it takes to open a business. Um, my counseling practice was so much easier cause it was just me. I was like, sup, come see me, but this is totally different, but it's really fun. I get to like pet all the dockies when I'm there. So I'm just like, Oh my God, why didn't I do this? This is brilliant. What else is going on? It's probably fall. I think this is coming out in October. Which means it's definitely fall. That's not a probably. Um, And your girl is stoked. I love fall. I don't know about you guys, but like if you live where fall is a season, then like kudos to you because it's amazing. I'm just going to grab my coffee real quick. Please hold. So fall is the best. Like I don't care if you have a different opinion. (coughs) It's wrong because fall is the best season hands down. Um, I don't know why, right? But like, well, no, I can tell you why. Because the leaves change and it's just like so pretty. My favorite thing to do is to sit in the field and like watch the leaves fall. And I'm just like, oh, thank This is so great. But anyway, anyway, I hope you guys are well. And I hope you're doing exciting things. And if you're not doing exciting things, I hope life is at least stable for you. But I wanted to talk today to people who... Are thinking maybe they drink too much or use too much cocaine or smoke too much weed or um, use too, too many benzos or too many opiates. Like, to people who are potentially sober curious, which I, is a term I came across a little while ago, and I think it's a wonderful term. Like, not everybody, um, sobriety is not for everyone. Like, it's a personal choice. And so I will not spend the next whatever amount of time telling you that you have to be sober. You don't, I don't give a shit what you do. Um, your consequences are your own and you are also allowed to make choices because this is your life and no one else's. Now don't take that to the extreme. You're like, Amanda said, I can do whatever I want. So I, you know, do a shit ton of Coke every day. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not what we're saying. What I'm saying is I want you to be happy and healthy And if your definition of that includes sometimes using substances, then you're the person who has to live with those consequences. I can't tell you to do anything because one, it's not my place. And two, it's pretty disempowering. So I'm just going to give you some education about substance use and trauma and how the body adjusts and sobriety or recovery. They're not always the same thing. But a lot of people will tell you they're the same thing, but they're not. So we're going to go over the differences of those things and just what substances do to the body. Because if you are not being honest about what's happening and the consequences of your choices, you cannot fully consent to them. And I want you to know what you are consenting to, because that is important. When we make an informed decision, we're really making a grounded decision. So what the hell are substances, Amanda? I'll tell you. Substances are anything that alter your brain chemistry. Caffeine, opiates, benzos, that would be like Xanax, Klonpin, um, weed, LSD, acid, shrooms, cocaine, meth, any type of stimulant and downer or hallucinogen. Um, you guys, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably an adult, so you know what those things are. Um, they create changes in the brain they create dependency which means you are physically dependent on them and that can have a whole host of consequences now you can be physically dependent on many substances sugar you can be physically dependent on sugar caffeine again any of the drugs um, you can be physically dependent on so a lot of people and I want to get this myth out of the way Out of the way. A lot of people say you can't be addicted to marijuana. That is not true. That is not true. You can be addicted and physically dependent to marijuana. How do I know this? One, it's a fact. Look it up. You can have withdrawal from marijuana, which means you are physically dependent on it. The difference between physical dependence and addiction is if it has negative consequences in your life. Now, people who use substances and who struggle to use them in a way that is not harmful are very resistant to acknowledging that the way that they use substances are actually harmful and have negative consequences. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? We don't want to admit that what we're doing is not helpful. We don't want to admit that it has big consequences. We don't want to admit that, Uh, what we're doing is problematic because nobody likes to do that, (laughs) especially if it serves some purpose for you. So I work and have worked with a lot of people with addiction issues, with addiction, who are currently in active addiction or, you know, working on coming out of it. And nobody uses substances, especially if you're in this, in the place where you are experiencing active addiction where you really have negative consequences because of your use. Nobody loves that space. Like I don't give a fuck who you are or what you say. Like nobody loves that space because the consequences, the negative consequences pile up. Like it is very expensive to live in active addiction. It will cost you your life. It will cost you your happiness. It oftentimes costs you your family your friends, healthy relationships. Like it comes at such a high cost. <clears throat> so people who are in that space, if you're in that space, like I already know that you don't love it. I already know because nobody loves their life when it's a freaking shit storm, like nobody, it's not real. But a lot of people will use it to shame people. Like well, you choose it. Okay. First of all, fuck you for that. Second of all, People may choose to use it the first few times. So once physical dependence comes in, it becomes less of a choice. And it is very, very hard to break an addiction, right? It is hard to change behaviors, especially when that behavior protects you. Now, what do I mean by that? You may be like, Amanda, drugs don't protect anything. Yes, they do. Why do people use substances? Well, I will tell you, many people will say marijuana is a gateway drug or blah, 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 like whatever bullshit, right? It's not real. The real gateway drug, and if you know someone who does this work, they will tell you if they have any sort of, I don't know, eyes Uh, whatever. If they work with people, they'll tell you like the real gateway drug is trauma. So what happens when people go through a traumatic event or a series of traumatic events is that it becomes so overwhelming. It becomes so, like, they don't have the skills to deal with it, and so they will do anything, anything, including things that are long-term very, very harmful to take the pain away, to take the overwhelm away, to take whatever it is they're experiencing away. Now, the problem is that drugs work super well for that, right? It literally shuts off your ability to experience emotions, which if you are in an overwhelming amount of pain is very useful to you. If you're like, I would rather die than sit through this. Well, then I can see why drugs are very um, useful, like they're useful. And I want to be very careful when I say that, but they do their job well, they shut you down Unfortunately, they're very good at it. So what happens over time is when you're overwhelmed and you use substances to shut down, well, you get a positive reward. Now that it's positive in the long term, but in the very very in the immediate, it is useful because it shuts down your ability to feel. What happens is obviously it comes at a high cost. Because long-term those things are not helpful at all They're very very detrimental like they have a ton of negative consequences. They will cost you your life But also in the long term, we never learn other coping skills like we never learn to experience discomfort We never learn to bring ourselves through discomfort. We never learn to reach out. We never learn self-care We don't learn anything. All we learn is to run away run away run away but what happens is every time we bail on ourselves every time we bail and shut down and force our body to shut down and again substances work stupid well for this so there's a reason why people use them they work too well every time you go through that cycle where we start feeling a little bit uncomfortable and then we think we can't handle it because over time we have proven to ourselves that we can't because we're using substances to avoid the discomfort we start to believe ourselves and we start to say like, well, I can't, I can't be uncomfortable. I can't be sad. I can't, I can't be anything. But one of the problems with that is if you run from one emotion, you cut yourself off from all of them. So if you run from sadness, if you run from pain, you cut yourself off from joy, from gratitude, from happiness, from all of those things. And what substances do to the brain is they completely skew your ability to find and experience joy. So, you actually end up in this space where you kind of hate everything and nothing feels good, nothing feels happy, nothing feels joyous. And part of that is because we're running from emotions. And the other part is that part of that is because we're using substances. So, for anyone who's sober, curious, or is like, you know, God, like, I really hate this space I'm in which if you're using substances to the point where it's really causing consequences in your life, like I know you're already there because nobody likes that space. It sucks. Like it sucks. It makes life infinitely harder, but all we know is to run away and to shove down discomfort. So it causes a number of things. One, it causes a huge disconnect between your body and your brain. So you can't even tell what you're experiencing or what you're feeling because you just shove down all of your feelings. That is a huge problem. That has a lot of consequences. If we disconnect so hard from our body, like you're just numb. And so the only time you don't feel numb is when you're using something, but then your life sucks because it has a lot of consequences. So it cuts off your relationship to your body, which means you can't listen to your intuition. You can't experience emotions like We are supposed, we are emotional beings. We're supposed to live in our emotions Not that we want to be overwhelmed by them, but we are supposed to allow them to come and go in their own time. And so when you disconnect from your body, you don't, you don't have that. And there are huge consequences to that. Um, I see a lot of people who are very, very disconnected from their body and that means that they can't experience any emotions because they run from all of them. That is a huge problem. Um, What else happens is you can't regulate your central nervous system. So you're always relying on outside substances or sources to regulate your central nervous system. So I hear a lot of people say, well, I just use, I just smoke weed to sleep. Like I just use it to sleep. Uh, But they'll start smoking at 4 p.m. Like, first of all, you're fucking lying. You're lying. Like, let's just call it what it is. You are lying to yourself and to me or whoever you're talking to. So that's not true. If you start smoking at 4 p.m. and you're using it to sleep, that's a lie. And also, the fact that you have to use a substance to regulate your sleep is a problem. Now, I know in the U.S., we're super pill happy. And we're like, oh, yeah, you can't sleep? Take 17 pills about it. Oh, you have knee pain? Take 17 pills about it. Oh, you're kind of sad? Take 17 pills about it instead of dealing with a root problem. So the root problem is that your central nervous system is dysregulated when your central nervous system is dysregulated you're too high or too low but you're not in that beautiful middle space where we want to be we want to be up and down a little but not super up and super down but if you can't regulate your nervous system if you only rely on outside sources to regulate it that's a problem one you're throwing your body out of whack Two, it comes at a cost because your body never learns to regulate itself. You are proving to yourself that you don't trust your body because when left alone, your body will do what is best for you in the vast majority of cases. Now, there's always outliers. So in the vast majority of cases, when you just give your body what it needs and the time that it needs to do these things, it will work very well. It will work very well but we have to do the things in order to make that work. So using substances throws off your central nervous system. It takes away your body's ability to regulate itself, which is a problem. You need to be able to self-regulate in order to be a happy thriving person. (sighs) It changes you. Um, All of us have within us like the ability to be manipulative and cruel and selfish and, cause harm. Um, Addiction and substances bring that out because you are chronically in survival mode and so you never think about the long-term consequences of what you're doing. You only think about the short-term relief and or getting what you want. But if we're only ever thinking in the short term, sorry guys, if we're only ever thinking in the short term, it causes long-term problems. So what happens is we avoid doing the hard things in order to have an easy life in the immediate, but it ends up giving us a very, very, very hard, difficult, miserable life. So what we want to do is do the hard things in the beginning so that our life is easier in the long term. Substances make that backwards. So all of that to say, there are many, many consequences to using substances. And I do want to talk about the link with trauma and the central nervous system because it's something I talk to my clients about a lot and they really don't understand. So I will tell you what I tell them. When you go through trauma, you are in fight and flight mode. And the only thing you care about when you're in survival mode is releasing pressure. Now, strong emotions can be pressure. <clears throat> Having to process trauma is pressure. And so what you end up doing is spending your life, if you don't know how to process them, if you don't know how to get yourself through them, you spend your life avoiding any, any, any type of discomfort. And as I've already said, unfortunately, drugs work super well for shutting off your emotions. But what happens is you never re-regulate your central nervous system. You never actually heal because all you're doing is shoving things down. But you only have so much room to shove things down. You can only do it for so long before they demand to be felt, before they start causing huge problems in your life. Now, I have seen people become homeless, I've seen people lose their children, their relationships, their jobs, their life, to substances, to bleh, to substances and addiction. <clears throat> and at the root of all that, 100% of the time, 100% of the time is trauma. Something happened that we were not able to cope with and Because you never learn to cope, you just learn to avoid and shove down. But again, that only works for so long before we start having really big problems. So if we cannot get at the trauma, and here's the really sticky part about substance use, and here's the part that I want you guys to hear if you're struggling with substances, you have to be sober enough to be able to work through the trauma But that's very hard to do when you have spent a long time running from sobriety and shoving all of your emotions down. Because what happens when you shove things down over a period of time is that those things don't go away. They literally just get shoved down. So you end up with this big well of things that you have to work through, which actually makes it way more intense when you open a door, So if you start working through those traumas, working through those emotions that you've shoved down for so long, you have such a buildup of them that they're actually more intense when you start working through them. Because we're not dealing with like two months worth of things. We're dealing with 10 years, six years, a lifetime. And that means we have a lot more to work through. It means it's more intense in the beginning. And because you have spent a lifetime shoving emotions down and refusing to be uncomfortable enough to process them and now training your body to say, I cannot stand any type of discomfort. Well, in order to work through trauma, you have to be willing to sit in your discomfort. You have to be willing to feel your emotions. They must be released. They must come up in order to be released. So the really sticky part about treating substance use is that you have to treat the trauma but do so in a way that doesn't trigger you into using so it is not always like well I'm just gonna grin and bear it and do it like you have to train your body to sit through discomfort and to experience emotions and there are many many ways to do this right some people advocate I mean you definitely absolutely need trauma work but however you choose to go about that is is your own Um, some people advocate sobriety I personally do not Because what I want for people doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Like, if you have a goal and it's your life and I have a different goal for you, who gives a shit? (laughs) Not you. Because it's not your goal. So it is disingenuous. It's also disempowering for me to say, no, no, no. I know better than you do what you need. Oh, no. No, thank you. We will not be doing that. Now, is sobriety worth it to me? 100% yes. 100% yes. Does that matter if that is not your goal? No, not at all, because who cares what I want for you? I don't have to live the consequences of that. I don't have to live your life. You do, which is why my job is to empower you to make that choice. So sobriety is not everyone's goal. And it's okay <clears throat> as long as you fully consent to the consequences of that decision. Now, you may not like the consequences of that decision, in which case we can just make a different decision. If you're like, you know, sometimes I really, I really want to not be sober and get effed up. Um, and I'm okay with the consequences of that. I'm okay that it may cost me these relationships. I'm okay that it, um, makes the next three or four or five days harder. Like that's on you. I'm going to help you really dig into that and really assess if it's okay. If we're still running. Meanwhile, my goal for you is that you are happy and sober and living your best life. But again, if that's not your goal, it doesn't really matter. So a lot of people advocate for sobriety. I advocate for whatever works best for you. Now, do I believe sobriety works better? Yeah. 100% I do. But again, it doesn't really matter what my goal for you is. It matters what your goal for you is. So I use a model, and perhaps you guys have never heard of this, so I do want to educate you on it a bit. I use a model called harm reduction. So what that means is (coughs) we make the less harmful choice. So, for example, If you um, struggle with alcohol and you say, well, I normally drink a fifth of vodka every single day Um, and I'm not really ready to be 100% sober, but I am willing to go down to a half a fifth of vodka every day. Oh my God. Hell yeah. That's amazing. Super dope. Love it. Good for you. If you say, I, um, I normally use Xanax, like I, I take a bunch of Xanax every day. I take three or four Xanax every single day and I'm not ready to not take anything, but I am ready to take um, half of those or I'm ready to substitute a drug that has less of an effect so that we are weaning ourselves over time. Like, oh my God, hell yeah. Good for you. Like, That's amazing so harm reduction the harm reduction model says let's do whatever has the least amount of harm associated with it and over time we will end up as long as we're consistent about it in a pretty good spot now harm reduction also says like for example um i have had clients who struggle with with feeling suicidal with wanting to kill themselves And their way of problem solving that, instead of committing suicide, they used substances. Now, if they just came and they said, hey, I used a bunch of substances this weekend and I got really effed up, um, without the context, I'm going to be pretty concerned. Well, I'm concerned either way, you know what I mean? But I'm going to be like, oh... It's a different conversation, but if they say the other option was killing myself, I'm going to say, okay, well, you're still here, so good for you for problem solving and not doing the more harmful thing. Now, in the grand, you know, in the, the little scheme of things, like, do I want them to use substances every time they're stressed? No, obviously not. But if that is the better option, if we are working towards overall reducing, if we're working towards building our resiliency, well, it's a little hard to do if they're dead. So in that case, using substances was the less harmful choice. And over time, we want to continue to make the less harmful and more helpful choice, but it's it's pretty hard to do just one time turnaround. So when we say, when we hold space for someone and say, hey, let's understand the context of this decision, let's really dig into why we're making these decisions instead of just assuming that you love to have problems, which is so disempowering and gross, right? Nobody loves the life that they have when they're in active addiction, that's just not real they know the consequences, right? So when we say, okay, let's really look at why we're making these decisions. And then over time, just make more helpful decisions then people tend to really do better. So there's a reason that I use harm reduction. And there's a reason that I don't advocate 100% sobriety. Well, there's a reason I don't push it. I do advocate 100% sobriety, but I don't push 100% sobriety because it doesn't, It's not my place, right? It is their place to decide what is best for them and to fully accept the consequences and understand the consequences of what happens when they don't make that choice. So it's a very, very fine line. But if you are sober, curious, if you are struggling with substance use, I encourage you to take a harm reduction model. How can we make a better decision next time? And how can I find someone now? Now, you really probably need a professional to help you work through your trauma because it takes a professional. Um, so I strongly encourage anyone who is sober curious to work with a professional. Work with a trauma-informed therapist who will help you work through your trauma because otherwise, otherwise it doesn't really work. Um, if you're not able to work through your trauma, if you're not able to of Dig the rot out and figure out why we are working so hard to cut ourselves off from our emotions Then we're not really going to get anywhere So the root of substance use the door to substance use the oh the gateway drug (laughs) That's the word the gateway drug is actually trauma. So I need you to understand that Now a big part about someone choosing to be sober curious, someone choosing to be in recovery or sobriety is being honest because you don't get to the space where you are in active addiction without lying to yourself and other people for a very long time. Oh, it's not that bad. I do this for X, Y, Z. Like you just, you're lying, right? Let's call it what it is. You become someone who lies all the time. Because we don't want to acknowledge what we're actually doing and the cost of what we're doing. So, one of the huge things that we have to do when we are getting into recovery, when we are working towards sobriety, whatever that looks like for you, is that we have to be really honest about the things we have done that are harmful. The things we have done that really damaged our life and our relationships and whatever. And we have to take accountability for those, which is very difficult when you spend a long time telling everyone else it's their fault or saying, well, the drugs made me do it. You become a liar as you get deeper and deeper into substance use. And so we have to not do that. We have to take accountability. We have to be honest about the ways in which it harms us. For example, I have a client who struggles with substance use and their favorite thing to do is to tell me um, that what they're using is not that bad and it has no health consequences. And we both know that it's a big fat lie. We both know it's a lie, but they're so used to lying to themselves that it just becomes, they believe it. Right? So we have to be honest about what we are doing So that we can really say, okay, is this for me or are the consequences too much? Now, if you're sober curious, I imagine you're probably in a place where the consequences are too much. So let's be honest about what's happening. Let's be honest about the ways in which you lie, in which you manipulate, in which you use excuses in order to not do things in order to not make the less harmful, more helpful choice. Let's be honest about those things so that we can then make a choice to change them. When we couple those together, like when we're working on our trauma, we're practicing just radical honesty. You are just honest about everything, at least with yourself and pretend, you know, Hopefully, with someone you're working with. Like, I, I really do, truly hope that you find someone to help you work through your trauma because it is necessary. Um, and we're in therapy. Like, when we do those things together, we get good results. So, substance use. What else do we want to cover on substance use? Ah, a lot of people potentially don't know what to do if someone in their family or someone in their circle is struggling with substance use. And a lot of people use shame as a motivator. But shame does not work, friends. We want to empower people. So the way that there are a few ways to go about that. One is to hold people accountable for their shitty behaviors and their behaviors that harm themselves or other people. Um, Another way is to remind people what they deserve. Hey, you deserve to be safe. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to not suffer. Those things are true. We can tell people what we hope for them. I really hope you decide to work on that one day. I really hope that you get support. I really hope that someday soon you you make better, more healthy choices for you. That is the opposite of shame motivating. Well, if you really loved me, you'd get clean. Okay, Cool. Uh, now they feel like shit, <laughs> so so they're less likely to do things. <clears throat> so we want to be very careful of shame motivating, and we want to be encouraging. The other thing that we want to do, and this is the really hard part, is set boundaries. No, I will not bail you out or give you money every time you experience the consequences of your own actions. No, I will not give you a place to stay. No, I will not. <clears throat> do X, Y, Z, right? That allows you to enable them. We do not want to enable people. Sometimes we have to let them suffer in order for them to hit a space where they're ready to stop suffering. But if people never suffer, it's very unlikely that they'll change. Unfortunately, humans are stubborn little things. So for those of you that are sober curious and or are thinking maybe... Maybe this is really a point where I want to do something different. Um, It is absolutely worth it. I work with a lot of people who choose to come out of active addiction, who choose to, even if you're not in a space where you're addicted, like if those substances or the amount that you're using them no longer serves you, then my hope and dream for you is that we, we, follow things that do serve you so it's okay if you're not at like rock bottom you're just like man like I'm really tired of this super legit dude like make changes if something is not actively making your life better it doesn't make a lot of sense to continue doing that thing even though maybe you've done that thing for a long time like the more that we can say, really take assessment of the things in our life and say, okay, like, are these things even adding to my quality of life or improving my quality of life or helping me get where I want to be? And if the answer is no, let's be brave enough and disciplined enough to start going towards the things that we do want. So, so that's kind of my spiel on substance use. Um, Harm reduction is a beautiful way to make progress over time without it being too overwhelming. We just want to make the next better, more helpful choice and continue to do that. We want to set boundaries. Um, We want to be radically honest about the consequences of what we're doing, about what it costs us, um, so that we can really assess, like, if it's worth it. That's important. So if you are sober curious, if you're thinking, hey, you know, what I'm doing is not really working for me, um, I hope that you continue to make a better choice. I hope that you continue to make a more helpful choice. And I hope that you reach out and get some support because it is hard to do, but it is harder to do alone. And you very likely need someone to help you work through the reasons that we even started using in the first place. Yeah, so that's all I've got. Um, There are many, many resources. There are a lot of great books on recovery. Um, AA works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. But there are many, um, like Celebrate Recovery is a more science-based one. There are many, many... Therapists who specialize in trauma. So, I would absolutely encourage you to reach out to someone like that. And it's totally possible to do better, even if you relapse, even if um, you're doing well for a period of time. You know, well is relative, you're doing well for a period of time, and then we have a setback. Like, that is extremely normal. That doesn't mean that we give up everything. Like if you have a flat tire, you don't slash all of your other tires. You just change that tire and move on. Recovery and any type of progress is the exact same way. You're going to have really good periods and you're going to have periods where you struggle more. It doesn't mean that we just stay in the struggle. It means we continue to go, right? Like Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. If you're going through a struggle period, keep going. Don't just stay there. Keep going. So I hope that that was helpful. And if you have thoughts or anything like that, let me know. Um, You can get at me on Instagram at Amanda underscore chills. You can also, if you are like, Hey, that was kind of useful. And I think I want to make some changes. I have a three-step guide to making sustainable changes. Cause we don't just want to make changes and then I don't know, eat them out the window. Like we want them to be sustainable. So my three-step guide to start making changes in your life that are more in alignment with you, that are more empowering, that are getting after the life that you want and deserve, you can find at livemyhappyhealth.com. It is free for you because I love you and I want you to be happy. So have a good day. I hope you are honest about what you're doing and the consequences, positive or negative. And I hope that you make the next helpful choice. And I hope that you have a great day. So y'all go be good. I wanted to remind you that I have got a three-step guide to start changing your life and making really sustainable changes, essentially, on getting your life more aligned with your dreams, with your vision, with your goal. And it can be really confusing and it can be um, very daunting to go without a guide. So I created a three-step guide for you to ignore the little gremlins in your brain so that you can really stay true and stay committed to realizing your dreams because you are worthy of them. So if you go to my website, livemyhappyhealth.com, you are going to find that three-step guide and I cannot wait to hear how it goes for you, so... Let's dig in to today.